Hola, welcome to Mark My Words. I am Mark Schmidt, and today our topic of conversation is Spanish. And my guest is a good friend of mine that I met at a LinkedIn local Baltimore event, of all things, about two years ago, I think the fall of 2018, I met Megan Miller, who has recently just uh, moved on from her full-time job and is now her side hustle, which is, oh, I'm gonna mess this up, approve a car, approve a char? I, I didn't get that right, did I? Approve <laughs> char, language it's, it's a long O instead of a short O. Approve yep. <laughs> I've been practicing this for like the past day or two. I'm like, okay. Now's the time I gotta get this right because I've been looking at all of your stuff on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm like, I think I know how to pronounce that, but I have zero background in Spanish, and uh, which was a huge mistake of mine, by the way. And uh, Megan will be here to talk all about not necessarily why I made a mistake, but uh, maybe. Uh, to overall make me think about how I should have probably taken Spanish. And, uh, <laughs> welcome, Megan. How are you doing today? Well, thank you for having me, Mark. I am doing pretty well. It's a nice kind of gloomy Tuesday. So spring is coming, and that always makes me happy and, um, you know, just ready for some nice weather. Yeah, same. Well, we've had nice weather in this area the whole year so far, and now that it's the springtime, we get to enjoy a lot of that time inside because of everything going <laughs> on. And uh, you were even kind enough to turn off your fan. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, Anytime. I, I, I'm ready to do whatever you need. Um, and it's, it's funny just talking about the seasons because uh, you have winter and summer, which are opposites, and in Spanish, it's actually invierno and verano. So it's almost opposite in Spanish as well. So that's always interesting, just kind of how we use the language that we use um, to describe something. Well, maybe you can uh, make me think of that a little more, because whenever I look at Spanish, I'm just like, I don't know if that's like really related to the English word or not. Like, I see it with German, and I cut, like, a billion years of German, which have done me very little good, other than being able to tell people, hey, I know how to, like, swear in German, or <laughs> I can tell you I want to drink a cola. That's about all I remember, which hopefully if my German teacher listens, she won't be, like, ashamed of that. But uh, I did I get a lot out of... Uh, German, but that is not even the point of this. So we met at LinkedIn Local, and I just want to go back to that real quick and give a shout out to LinkedIn Locals all over the place, because without that environment, it's such a chill environment. It's not like a normal networking environment where, you know, you're sitting on I don't know, wine or whatever. Whatever they do, it's all usually very, like, I don't know, different at other networking events compared to LinkedIn Local. It's very chill, and 
obviously Melody Barron, the one who runs the one in Baltimore, she's amazing at it. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to know a lot of really great people, including Megan, and uh, we've stayed in touch. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to give a shout-out to LinkedIn Local. And I know you've gone to probably more of them than I have. I met you at the first one I went to. And uh, it's yeah, great. I think it was my first as well. Um, and it's ironic because I'm closer to Baltimore than you are, but um, it was always getting there was was the problem, and I would always you know show up late. So I'm a, I'm actually really excited to see once we can gather in uh, masses again. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see you know how how the year pans out with LinkedIn Local. Yeah, I'm hoping that they do, like, some kind of Zoom thing or something. I know that's been tossed out there. I don't know if they're actually going to do that. I hope they do. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lincoln Local has been uh, really great for me and really glad I started doing it. And now I'm here. And because of that, I've just kind of branched out into meeting all different kinds of people and didn't know how that was going to come back to me. And now that I'm doing this, this has come back in a really good way because uh, I have such a fantastic guest today. And uh, speaking of which, let's uh, talk about, first of all, talking a little more about you and what you do. So you have, I looked at your LinkedIn profile this morning, just speaking of LinkedIn, and I saw that you were actually a tutor, a Spanish tutor, while you were working in corporate America. And I know even before that, you took a trip to Spain, and mm -hmm. that was certainly something that fueled your fire to do a provachar, which I now pronounced right. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> so, yeah, you took uh, your trip to Spain. Did you know before you did the tutoring or the trip to Spain that you were going to transition out of corporate America someday and do this? Not at all. Um, so I started learning Spanish when I was eight. <laughs> and uh, I actually learned alongside my mom. She went back to school for her teaching cert certification. And so she had to take a foreign language Growing up in Ohio, there's a lot of migrant farm workers, so she chose Spanish. And um, so I got to learn through her and then, or alongside her as well. And then I took Spanish all throughout high school. And it was something that I really, really enjoyed. I've always been a bit of a word nerd. And um, then went into college. And when I went into college, um, it was definitely... I always think of it as like little pivotal points that just kind of have brought me to this path. So studying at Syracuse University was definitely one of those pivotal points. Um, I chose it because it had the top um, public policy and international relations program in the country. And so I studied international relations in Spanish and I was all set to be like a foreign service officer. That's what I wanted to do out of college. And then unemployment came, <laughs> student loans started coming in, and I started to really think about consulting 
as as a career and consulting to me has always been problem solving and um you know spanish was something that i'd always fallen back on so in consulting living in dc living in a basement apartment um just trying to make rent and <laughs> trying to make bills uh, that's when I started tutoring on the side and I was with varsity tutors for about three years or so. I had a couple of different clients of um, either high school or uh, like eighth grade up through high school um, and a couple college students as well and um, then went into the federal consulting world. And once again, language was something, still a word nerd, but I solved problems for, for a living. And then um, it, the idea had always been building and building and building and building of, you know, almost being dissatisfied in the corporate environment of saying, is, is this it? Is this really what I'm meant to do is sit in a cube and answer emails and put schedules together and while I loved project management, so I was an IT project manager for um, about a year before I moved, made the switch over. Uh, it was the same thing, you know, is, is this what my life is supposed to be? And it wasn't until I started thinking more about the long game and thinking more about um, more or less what I had really wanted or needed out of life and what really made me happy and what really makes me happy is just genuinely helping people who genuinely want to learn and so Aprovechar has been you know in the back of my mind for about I would say five years and in the front of my mind for about a year and a half and uh, finally made the switch over to full-time uh, yesterday. <laughs> So it's a very, uh, very new business, but it's an old idea. So this is something that's been in the back of your mind for a while. And as you went into the transition into corporate America, you quickly started to ask yourself a lot of those questions. And that's how you made the decision that, hey, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to start making the push to transition. Exactly. It was a lot of serious soul searching. Um, you know, a lot of, well, what's wrong with me? Because everyone else my age loves corporate, works corporate, lives for corporate. And so a lot of it was, you know, I always kind of felt like a bit of a black sheep because I was constantly underwhelmed, I would say, um, just by the bureaucracy, the meetings, the emails, the lack of decisions, that sort of thing. Anything that a big business or a small business really struggles with. And so it was just kind of trying to find my purpose and find my value. And um, for the longest time, I just kind of, I, I struggled with that, right? As any 20-something would. And then um, when I chose to kind of make the full-time uh, decision, it was, oh no, what am I doing? <laughs> right? You're, you're leaving that safety nest. You're leaving everything that you know, and you're just jumping into the unknown. It's only through jumping into the unknown that we grow. 
So another one of the big pivotal moments was studying abroad. And so you mentioned I was in Spain. I was in Spain exactly a decade ago. <laughs> so um, I studied abroad when I was 19. It was a huge pivotal moment. Once again, I was the second 19-year-old there. Everyone else was in their junior, senior year. I was one of two sophomores. And I had wanted to go to Spain specifically for um, the European Union. So I studied in international relations, studied not only Latin America, but then also the EU. Basically anything I could get my hands on in Spanish, <laughs> I studied. And um, that was a huge pivotal, pivotal moment. Um, it was some of the best times of my life. It was some of the worst times in my life. But through that, I was able to really step into the unknown and to really grow. And I just think of, of that moment now, right? You do the one thing that you're scared of, suddenly you aren't scared of it anymore. You do another thing that you're scared of, suddenly you aren't scared of that anymore. And you just keep going forward. And that's really good advice just in life, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta take it one step at a time, take a deep breath and just keep plugging away. Um, exactly. I actually grew up um, showing horses, and so I was a horseback rider for 13 years. And I remember we were in a big regional competition, like just showing amongst million-dollar horses. And um, I was going into a class, you know, I'm a farm girl from Ohio. Like, what business do I have being there? I was going into a class, and I look over, and my trainer slash the owner of the horse I was riding said, just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and I think of that every time that I think I need really good advice. Just breathe. You'll get through it. Yeah, that's, it's very simple, but very true. I mean, I know just going through all this stuff we're going through in the world right now, the, one of the best things that I did and have done is just Take a deep breath and give yourself that moment to kind of just clear your head and then just keep plugging forward. Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, I've struggled with, and I don't know if I'll ever really master, is allowing yourself the time and the space to just kind of breathe and get through something. Um, so, for example, COVID. Right now, we're all kind of quarantined at home, and life still goes on, right? So you breathe, you allow yourself the time and the space to really feel and, and get through that moment and just think of, you know, all of the news that's going on, and then you just have to kind of shut it away and say, okay, we're done with news for today. Where can I go to continue to move this forward? Because really, this is a huge... Um, I think moment for us, right? It's a huge kind of renaissance, not only for just me and my business selfishly, but for the entire, you know, just population of living and working differently than what we've known. And you touched on a really good thing. We'll steer it back to you in a second, but if I can just speak for myself, so I'm one of, I think I saw a graphic on CNN the other day that said right now 216 million Americans are currently uh, 
working from home or staying at home, I am not one of them. Now think of the odds. You think about the lottery and the odds of you winning the lottery. I wish this could somehow be reversed and this could just be the lottery and I won. But it has made me think like, wow, life is just going on, you know? All this stuff is going on. It's very dramatic, but I have to get up at 3 a.m. five days a week. Yes, I do. I see your eyes. <laughs> I get up at 3 a.m. five days a week driving to D.C. and I have to continue on with my job. And there hasn't been, there's been just enough time for me to catch my breath, but life carries on. And uh, that's uh, something that I've learned, you know, it's, it's really tough out there right now, but at the end of the day, is when it comes down to it, my life has to go on and life around me is going on. Everybody's doing the best they can to proceed like normal. So that yeah. can apply to now, that can apply once we're finally out of quarantine, whatever that is. And I think that's one thing I've learned in general. Um, so moving but away. you you did touch on a really good point there mark is that yeah. you get up at 3 a.m i used to get up at 5 30 every morning um because you make time for what matters and so for me that was um sometimes journaling it was a lot of you know doing outreach and trying to do this make the side hustle a little bit more viable i think for you it's you know family time and work and driving and making sure that you know you're just taking in all the news or information that you want to or that you can and then just kind of decompressing on the way home and so that's really important is just to make time for what matters because we all get stuck in this busyness route right of oh no i can't i'm too busy i have too many things this has actually been kind of a control alt delete in my mind of, of society right suddenly we aren't that busy because we do have the, the time back. And um, it just, in my mind, it's always about priorities. And so you make time for what matters to you and what's, what's really high on that priority list. Well, I'll tell you what, I've gained a whole half hour of my day back because of the, the commute has been beautiful for me. I mean, I'm already spending enough time on the road takes me when we're not quarantined it takes me about two hours or so just to get home so wow. yeah so i've gained a half hour and on some days up to 45 minutes on my time back and i'll tell you it's been amazing i mean sure it's a luxury to go into dc and see the monuments and stuff like that every day something i'm appreciating a lot more probably took that a little bit for granted but now i can come home so much earlier more time at home more time in the peace and quiet and it's real there's a lot of really bad points to all this but there are some really good points too it's just how how you make it so. exactly i mean even shadows need sunshine right so yeah. whether we live in the shadows or live in the sunshine, I think it's a huge mindset shift. But um, 
as with anything, I think there's always two sides. So it's nice that, you know, you can see the, some of the benefits or some of the pluses, some of the pros <laughs> when all we hear about are cons and the negativity and, and everything like that. It's a, it's a horrendous thing that's happening, but I think it does allow us some time to sit back and just kind of enjoy life a little bit more. Well, to take your uh, word with the mind, mindset shift, let's uh, shift it over back to a Provachar. <laughs> and I got that right, right? You did. That's okay. very good. Okay, cool. We'll see if I can still pronounce that in like a week from now. But, uh, it's, a very, it's a very difficult word. Um, I struggled a lot with it. Uh, not the word itself, but just when it came down to naming the business. And I had wanted to do something that meant something to me. And then that also was in Spanish, right? Since I do Spanish and English, I like my name to be Spanish and English. And aprovechar was something that my host mom would always say to me in Madrid. And she would just say, like, aproveche la ciudad, la experiencia, something like that, which is just basically take advantage of this whole city, of this whole experience, because aprovechar means to take advantage of. And so um, in my mind, I, I want people to take advantage of everything that's out there for them to learn Spanish, to relearn Spanish, to become a bit of a word nerd like I am, or, you know, just to, to take advantage of something that means something to them. So when you have a client and you take them on and this is something that I'm remembering from our email exchange coming to notes, you said something about helping them overcome any kind of boundary or fear that they have with learning the language. When you sense that, or maybe even when they tell you that straight up, how do you deal with that? So I, I deal with it with a lot of questions, um, which is the reason why I decided to do language coaching instead of tutoring again. Um, so in my mind, they're two separate things. So basically tutoring is, you know, helping someone to reach a goal, whether that is to pass a class or to go on a trip or something like that. To me, coaching is so much more simply because a coach digs into kind of your psyche a little bit and what is holding you back and a lot of times what's holding us back is speaking we never really want to speak in front of a native speaker we don't want to seem um you know inadequate we don't want to be embarrassed we it's going out on a ledge to speak to a native speaker and so a lot of times clients will come and they say well you know i i read and write okay but i've never been able to really speak and so that's what we work on a lot is just kind of conversation and to get them comfortable in the words, um, to just kind of teach them tips on how to speak to someone with a different accent than what they're used to. Um, but it's, it's a lot of kind of questions of, well, why are you so ashamed? Why are you so nervous? And a lot of times it's, it's nerves because we don't want to seem stupid but everyone seems stupid and everyone makes mistakes. And really the key for language is communication. 
And so if we are communicating appropriately, meaning if we can have a conversation and get our point across, does it completely matter if your grammar was 100% correct? No. Uh, did you screw up the relationship by, you know, saying a word wrong or uh, saying, you know, a really inappropriate word? Probably not. So it's just kind of that, that general practice. And as long as we can practice, then we will improve. This is making me think of when I took German and, you know, I took five years of it and you touched on something that was definitely one of my biggest fears, which it wasn't sitting down and translating German or even piecing it together. Like I can still sit down, read something in German and halfway get what you're talking about. But the issue for me was always getting in front of the class and actually having a conversation with somebody in German. I feel like I remember my teacher doing little skits and stuff, like making us actually do that kind of thing. And personally, I can say that that was always like my biggest fear was just actually having that dialogue. Exactly. And that's where you have this whole language immersion thing. So language immersion, they always say it's the best way to learn a language um, because you're completely immersed in the culture and the language. What they don't say about it is that it completely forces you to think and speak in your target language. <laughs> that's what immersion is. So you don't need to spend thousands of dollars to go on a trip abroad or to do a class or to have this whole immersive experience. You can do that straight at home, but you need to be completely and 100% committed to that. And that's where I think um, people kind of fall for it, right? Because, oh, I need to be immersed. So I'm not going to learn right now because I need to be immersed. And really what it is, is it's not necessarily immersion. It's having that commitment to yourself from yourself of, I want to learn this language and I'm going to do everything in my power to do it. And you can do that from home. You can do that from your couch. You can do that in Spain or Costa Rica or Panama or anywhere else uh, that speaks Spanish if you want to learn Spanish or, you know, whatever other language. And it's really, you can replicate that experience. And you can do it quite easily with as long as you have a good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> Fair enough. So who are your clients? Who typically comes to you for your services? So generally, um, clients are women in their 20s, 30s, 40s um, who want to either learn or relearn Spanish. And the reasons for learning or relearning Spanish can be a little different. Um, but usually it's to improve their career by becoming bilingual. Um, it's a goal that they just want to be bilingual or they have a specific, you know, travel plan or they have a specific, you know, reason for it. Um, for example, like dating in Hispano Hablante. You, when you date someone, you want to speak their language. So, um, you know, things like that. Wow. So you get people who are just anywhere from professionals to just like, hey, my significant other speaks this language. 
as a primary language and I need to learn this for them. Wow, that's mm-hmm. really something. Yeah. Wow. So what are the what are the benefits of working with a language coach? I personalize everything. So um Rosetta Stone is one of kind of my competitors, right? And they have two Spanish programs. One in Castellano, Spain, or Spanish from Spain, and then one in Mexico. There are so many other places that speak Spanish. <laughs> and accents, slang, um, idioms, the way that people use words are different in every single country. Argentinian Spanish is different than Mexican Spanish, which is different from Costa Rican Spanish, which is different from Southern Spain Spanish and Northern Spain Spanish. So you have all of these different mixes and just kind of, um, you know, combinations. And so when folks come to me, I offer them complete and utter personalization, which means I ask a lot of questions of why they want to learn, where they want to go, why or how or where they want to specialize in, and just kind of have them get their pick, right? There's no wrong answer. And then um, other than the personalization, the other piece is that we go at each individual's own pace. So for folks that are super motivated and have, for example, a two-week break off of school, okay, (laughs) we'll do that. Um, someone who has, you know, is a teacher and has the summer off. Okay, let's fit that in. Um, so I completely fit it into their schedule. I completely, you know, customize the content. And then I also help them with some of those kind of boundaries of speaking. Duolingo can get you so far. Um, Memorize is another great app. It will get you so far. So usually what I tell folks is start with the apps because they're free, right? And pick up a couple vocabulary words, but when you're actually ready to get serious about learning, come see me, because apps will get you so far, Rosetta Stone or Pinsler will get you so far, but if you want something that's completely, you know, personalized, come see me. Well, I haven't gone on here. I don't know if I got that from myself or from you, but uh, I'm curious to know, What do you think are the benefits of just being bilingual? Ooh, there are so many. So the cool thing, and I will nerd out a little bit on you right now. Okay, nerd. The cool thing is is our brains actually change. There's more gray matter that comes into our brain when we start learning a language. Um, We can task switch a lot easier, right? So multitasking is a myth. No one really multitasks, but they do task switch. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. When you're bilingual, you're constantly switching between the two. And as you improve your bilingualism, then you actually get to switch even faster between the two. So I can start out in Spanish and, you know, have a couple words in English and then just keep going. So you task switch a lot better. Um, Professionally, there are tons of benefits. The first is that there's more jobs. There's more jobs for you. Um, There's more jobs uh, where you can get paid a little bit more. And generally speaking, there's a study done a couple years ago uh, in the UK that basically stated that um, 
not only does a country's GDP increase when its people are bilingual, because you can do business in other places, but you actually personally uh, can get about $67,000 more from your entire career if you're bilingual. And so people, I think, are willing to pay for that bilingualism. And, um, you know, it just makes you a little bit more competitive, especially in today's job market. I definitely can vouch for that because there are a few jobs that I automatically disqualify myself for because I don't know Spanish. I know a provachar, and I'm not even <laughs> saying that 100% right, but that's about the extent of my Spanish. That and Ola, I did start the show with Ola, but <laughs> there, I, I've seen a few really good jobs, and they'll say you must have or strongly uh, recommend having Spanish. And I ruled myself out a few times just based on the fact that I took five years of German instead. And it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. But looking back now, I'm like, yeah, I definitely should have taken some Spanish, at least a year or two. So it's never too late though. And that's, that's what I always tell folks is that, um, you know, I grew up speaking Spanish, but I started teaching myself French not too long ago, where if, if you learn one language, learning another is, you know, very similar, even if they do have different roots like German and Spanish. Um, but you start to learn just kind of the ins and outs of the language and you start to learn, um, how folks use it. And so I always say, if you're really committed for it, then you can do anything, right? Sky's the limit. So um, it's, it's never too late, especially as an adult. So how many languages do you know? <laughs> so uh, English is my native, um, Spanish, fluent, uh, French, I'm very beginner. I can bumble my way around Quebec. Arabic, I know enough of hello, thank you, no thank you, that sort of thing. Uh, in Portuguese, I can read and I can write to some extent, but I cannot speak. <laughs> so five, but there's a lot of discounts in there. <laughs> so are you planning to expand into other languages eventually? Uh, nothing is, you know, off the table. I, of course, want to see Spanish grow just because that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, if anything, I might move it as well to French, but my French is not great simply because I haven't been as committed to it as I have been Spanish in the past. But French is always one of those very interesting languages, um, especially, you know, going up to Quebec, going to France. It's always you know, fun to hear and fun to try to speak. Uh, it's not fun to watch people's facial expressions when I try to speak. So <laughs> still, still some work to do on that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been, there's a singer who I really am a big fan of. Her name's Laura Fabian. Most of her music is in French. And I've been listening to her for years and I still don't know a word of French. So, and good, as you named all those off, I was thinking, oh man, I'm a Nelly Furtado fan. Like, 
She knows Portuguese, so she can tell me what Nelly Furtado is saying now. <laughs> or maybe she'll spin it around. And she'll be like, how come you, you should come learn? So. <laughs> One of the biggest tools that I think is um, pretty underused on the internet are those lyric videos. So the ones that you can actually follow along to the words uh, it's one of the kind of exercises that I do myself and I'll tell clients to do as well, um, just to practice hearing the word and also just um, reading the word. Because with Spanish, with French, with Portuguese, there are so many different accents out there that they really are almost like two different languages. So it's like um, English and Australian English or British English and sometimes like especially folks not from a metropolis area you'll try to hear something and you're like wait hold on like if i watch outlander and it's all scottish and <laughs> scottish english i have to watch it with the captions on uh simply so that i can hear hear and read the words i'm gonna have to try that because i've been listening to laura fabian for 20 years and she does some work in english but mostly in French. I don't really know or remember what some of these very beautiful songs are about. But I at least yeah, have Carla a... Bruni is the same way. Yeah. She'll have some songs and I'm like, I wonder what she just said. But <laughs> one of my favorites is um, Soha. So she had one CD like in 2008 or something. But she speaks uh, or she sings in Spanish, English and French. And so um, it's, she was from somewhere in the Mediterranean, whereas I think it was Northern Africa where there were, there was Spanish and then there was French and then she'll pepper in some English as well. And it's always a fun listening exercise. It sounds like it. That, that sounds like the kind of thing I would be into because you called yourself a word nerd. I always <laughs> call myself a grammar snob and I think we're probably from the same uh, planet in that regard. And yes. I just put it in a little more of a derogatory way. I should just use <laughs> word nerd because that's so much well, better. I will fight you over an Oxford comma, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. So somehow I wound up in a technical field. I don't know how that happened. but uh, I mean, it's the same same thing as mine, right? So being an IT project manager and being in IT, everything was very technical, but that to me is grammar. Grammar is very technical and very much like, here are the rules, here are those exceptions to those rules, don't break it. <laughs> in IT, it's, okay, here are your you know, USB ports, here are your USBs, don't break them. <laughs> so it's um, either with hardware or software, there's always, there are always facets of IT that will still fascinate me. And to me, it's language is kind of the same way. And, and being in IT for so long, it was, I was either translating tech or I was translating Spanish and it didn't really matter which. But it's always to make people understand, to make people help them communicate and to take these really nasty, you know, grammatical or really, you know, just high depth or dense topics and drill them down so that the general population can understand it. 
Well, I definitely feel like you're doing a very good service, and I'm so happy that this is taking off enough for you that you've been able to take it on full time. I mean, I think that's certainly my dream to take on something full time. Hopefully, it'll be this podcast. Maybe it'll be something else. But uh, I think right now everybody's getting to live that work from home dream. But I know that's uh, occurred to me over the past like two or three years. And that's something I know all about the ups and downs of working yourself to the point where you can work from home. Although I guess I haven't gotten to that point yet. But you have. And I'm very happy and proud to uh, know that you've made it this far. I've seen you kind of work through the ups and downs just over the past few years. And uh, that's amazing. That's what it's all about. Um, it, it really is. I think it's about, you know, the ride more than the finish line. And from when we met what, two years ago, and from the time before that and the time after that, it's been the same thing. It's been a huge pleasure to see you just, you know, rise. And either that's through the blog or through this podcast, there's so many vehicles to be creative. And whether that's creativity through writing or speaking, I think creativity right now is so important. Um, but also it's you need to go through the steps in order to really form, right? So when we're old and gray and 90 years old, that will be kind of the finish line, right, of what we think about it. But we need to go through these steps, whether that's when we're 20, 30, 40, 50, of who are we and what do we enjoy and how can we put more of that enjoyment into our daily life? And... Oh, you know, that's mindset, that's perspective, that's just thinking strategically and just kind of playing the long game. And I don't know if this is going to work out, but I'm just going to try because it deserves a try. And you may not know if your podcast is going to work out, but it deserves a try. And I think when we finally kind of determine that something creative is worth a try, then we're just going to go all in. And that's really what what molds us is little clay people <laughs> you know all the dints and dings and everything else you know the pros and the cons right i mean a lot of the stuff you said there and more towards the beginning just makes me think of my own path so i spent years just thinking about corporate america that's it i'm gonna try to rise up to be whatever vp of something or whatever that goal was to be you know creator of my own tv show whatever and i always felt going through corporate america that was the way i gotta climb the ladder i gotta go to this go to that and once i took the buyout package at my company i was at for 10 years that's when i really reflected and said hey I'm working more towards somebody else's dream, not actually working towards my own dream. And that's when all this stuff, the blog and just one thing led to another. I met 
people like you who are very nice and encouraging and people saying, hey, you should do video content on LinkedIn. So I'm like, I guess. So I <laughs> did it. That built up confidence because with me having some of the obstacles I have, it's like nobody's going to want to listen to me or, you know, who's going to want that? But from encouragement and just doing it and practicing and listening to myself, I'm like, you know, I can do this. I'm not, it's all in my head. I'm not as bad as I thought I was. I'm actually doing pretty good. So when you can do something that really scares you, that's when you grow. And it's, I'm not going to lie. It's hard to be a ginger that speaks Spanish, right? That imposter syndrome is real. Um, I don't look like I should speak Spanish, but I do. And so it's one of those things where you can let how you sound or how you look kind of rule your decisions, or you can let your brain force, just force itself through that and say, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway. And amazing things can happen when you say, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway. Disastrous things can happen when you say, (laughs) screw it, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. But you don't know until you actually start doing. And I think that's, especially where I'm at right now, that's been the biggest thing is to not discount something straight out of the gate. Even if I haven't tried it, I'm going to try it first and then see what happens. And whether that's video content, whether that's podcasts, whether that's, you know, writing more, being more bilingual online, um, you know, the sky's the limit, but that limit is what we set ourselves. Can you say it better myself? And uh, unfortunately, we are uh, running out of time. Because I got to hand, hand this room back over to my wife. <laughs> so she's working from home at this point. But uh, huge thank you to you, Megan. What a great conversation. And uh, well, thank you for having me. Really appreciate you taking out time to spend with me and uh, talk about a Probachar, which I don't, I don't have the dialect near as good as you, which I shouldn't, but uh, <laughs> at least I'm saying it right. Yes. Um, I always have to say it once um, rolling my R and once without rolling my R. And then usually I have to spell it. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's been uh, an interesting ride <laughs> to have that is the first word straight out of the gate. But like I said, it means too much to me to let it go. Well, it meant a lot to me to have you on this show today. Uh, Before we sign off, where can uh, people follow you? How can somebody get a hold of you if they want your services? Absolutely. So I am almost everywhere on the internet. Um, The easiest thing is probably going to be my website. It's www.aprovecharlanguagesolutions.com. Uh, also, Facebook, Instagram, at Aprovechar Language Solutions. And then um, on LinkedIn, Megan Miller and Aprovechar Language Solutions. So if you just Google Aprovechar, then I should pop up. Fantastic. And uh, for those that are listening, do you want to spell Aprovechar? 
Sure do. So that is A, P as in Peter, R, O, V as in Victor, E, C, H, A, R. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Megan. I appreciate your time. And that is about all the time I have for this week. This was Megan Miller. She is a word nerd. I am Mark Schmidt. I'm a grammar snob. You've been listening to Mark My Words. I will see you all again real soon. Thanks a lot.